From the kids to Aunt Sue. Keep your whole family connected on all their devices with crowd-pleasing gig-speed internet from Xfinity. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Learn more about gig speed internet or other popular plans. With Xfinity, you'll enjoy faster downloads and a better streaming experience. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Atheist Experience. I'm your host, Russell Glasser, and with me today is John Iacoletti. Hi, Russell. How you doing? Hey, haven't done a show with you in a while. Yeah. Uh, today is Sunday, October 1st, 2017. We are a live call-in, internet-based atheist TV show, broadcasting from Austin, Texas, dedicated to promoting positive atheism and the separation of church and state. You can catch us live every Sunday on YouTube. Uh, normally, I would also say that you can also see us on Ustream at uh, Ustream.tv, but uh, this is the last week that we're going to be airing, or to put it in uh, techie geek terms, we are deprecating Ustream.tv. <laughs> uh, it's no longer going to be used, so uh, this may be the last episode you see if you're there. Uh, please find the Atheist Experience YouTube.com channel. Uh, the website is www.atheist-experience.com. You can provide feedback by commenting on the official show blog at freethoughtblogs.com slash AXP. Email us at tv at atheistcommunity.org or you can join the Atheist Experience official discussion group on Facebook. If you enjoy this show, please consider checking out our related podcast, The Nonprofits, which airs on the first and third Wednesday of every month. You can find links from the Atheist Experience website. Uh, you can listen on YouTube also, and the next Nonprofits will be recorded Wednesday, September 4th. That's this coming Wednesday. October 4th. <coughs> Act. <laughs> yes, October. October 4th. As always, the cast and crew of The Atheist Experience will be going to dinner after the show at Star of India, 2900 West Anderson Lane, arriving at around 6.15. Everybody's welcome. See you there. Uh, so, let's see. A few things that we have to get to. We have uh, a specific guest in mind as our first caller, so we will get to her shortly. Um, the Austin Pride Festival, which was postponed a, uh, a month ago or so, is now rescheduled for October 21st, and the Atheist Community of Austin still plans to have a booth there, so still plan to come by and say hi. Uh, and sometimes I say it, sometimes I don't, but the Atheist Community of Austin being a non-profit business organization, we always appreciate your donations. If you are interested, you can uh, click this button on YouTube right here. 
uh, or if you're not watching YouTube, um, you can also donate through Google or Facebook and stuff. If you want, there's nothing specific we're after right now, but we appreciate it. John, how are you doing this week? I'm doing all right. Good. We had a good turnout at the back cruise. Oh, um, yes. We filled up the boat the first time and had to turn people away, which is always sad, but uh, that, that's incentive for you to get your or your uh, tickets, buy your tickets early next year because we'll have more of the same. It was fun. That's I think right. everybody had a good time and uh, we enjoyed our speaker, uh, Mohammed Syed, so that was good. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, and he was on last week, so I hope you guys enjoyed him too. Yeah. Um, so. And uh, do we want to well, get to Shirley first or. Uh, uh, yeah, if you want to do it that way, then we can uh, cut straight to uh, Shirley Rivera, who is on the line right now. She is the president of Atheists of Puerto Rico. And uh, as you all probably know, uh, Puerto Rico has recently been devastated by Hurricane Maria. Uh, it, it, From the sound of things, it was a lot worse uh, on the region than either of the other two recent hurricanes. And uh, Shirley would like to say a few things about the conditions in her area. Are you there, Shirley? Hi, guys. I hope you're doing great. Thank you for inviting me to your program. Um, yeah. Right now, I, ha- I just um, travel for uh, work stuff. Um, we have uh, two hurricanes in two weeks. We have Hurricane Irma, category um, five, went past in the in the north of the island, and we have Hurricane Irma uh, Maria entered to our island in category four. Wow. Both of these hurricanes is the in the record is the most big ones with Harvey and uh, Katrina. In in the story of the hurricanes, um, the National Service of the Weather has. So we we hit by these two huge hurricanes in our island in just two weeks. Um, are well, you, I, uh, I, where, where are yeah. you right now, Shirley? Right now, right now, I'm in one of the fort of United Army, the U.S. Army. I am one in, in a working. So, mm. um, I'm in the middle of the country in the north, middle, midwest, um, in work stuff, but I should be back to the island in a couple weeks for what continuing the... the project in, in the foreign field or island. From what you saw there, what is the situation like uh, where you were? I working for the Department of Defense. That's my personal job. Uh-huh. Um, I travel. I travel um, for you know for work, and uh, but yeah, also I have my house in Morovis, Puerto Rico, and uh, one one of the most affected area in in the island for this Maria hurricane. Um, I came back in a couple of weeks to the island for continue with this effort. Um, we planning in um, in our island do a massive event for the secular community for for you know for help our community. Um, it's a lot of stuff I I want to say here, um, and and I want to you know um, appreciate this time for say to all the secular um, community. We have friends, we have families, we have eight big community lose their houses. We still have people from our atheist community missing. We don't know nothing about it. It's a very sad situation. Mm-hmm. Even persons working, volunteers for atheists of Puerto Rico still disappear, still missing. This is 
very hard, this touch or bottom of our heart, this breaking, you know, all the stuff. Um, any person, some of the people thinking atheists know how feelings, but atheists have feelings. And this thing not just touch our heart because we don't know about our atheist friends or families, but all a big country lose a lot. And some people don't have too much, and they just lose the little things they have. That's why this situation, you know, we, we, our island is um, oppressed by, by uh, you know, 100 years of bad politics for our country. Our, 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 our country, too much people in the U.S. don't know we are a U.S. citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, Puerto Rico is a colony, and this is not just Maria. This is, this is a... This is the, the last drop the cup, you know, make full the cup. And and just right now everything is slow. In our Did island, your, you, here, you uh mentioned that you had a house there. Uh have you uh do you have any information on uh what happened to it or is it is it standing? How is it? My house um yeah. is a concrete house. The house is still there, but most mm-hmm. of the people around my house lose their roof, their houses, and the area getting flood. So because the rivers are, you know, getting out of the levels, so most of the area um is floating. Most of the people if they even have con- concrete house. I, I, I didn't enter to the house, but um, the house is still there. I have neighbors I communicate this week and tell me, hey, the house is still there. Just, you know, people damage around, but yeah. it's okay, the house. But that's not the, that's not the same um, luck for other people around. In, in my family, uh, my grandma uh, lost part of the roof. My uncle lost <clears throat> part of the roof, too. They live in the north coast of the island. Um, I have three friends. We have three friends for the atheists of Puerto Rico. One of them is a single mom with two kids. She lost all the house completely, com- nothing there. Wow. She she sent me pictures, and it's just the yard. You know, it's like nothing nothing was there. Um, it's a very sad panorama. It's, it's, it's very, like, it's a disaster. You know, it, the, our country is in bankrupt for a lot of reasons we can talk all day about that, but this is just happened in the in the worst moment and and increase the pain, the 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 crisis. You know, is sad. I want to um, um, bring numbers. I um I know we can talk a, a lot about all this stuff happened, but the thirty percent of the island is without communications right now. Yeah. That includes cell phones. No connection for the internet and no connection for the TV, um, cable TV. So no communication in the 30, just the 30% of the island have communications on the rest, no have cell phone, no have connection on the internet. Wow. You can see in the news, most of the people just driving like two or three hours for going to the metro area for, um, get signal. Um, since Maria, uh, hit Puerto Rico, um, the 911 line fail just oh, like gosh. two hours later, they, when the hurricane entered. Yikes. The, the, and the hurricane stay in the island like for 12 hours. So just two hours later, the hurricane entered to our island. The 911 gone. The tower of communication gone. The radio station gone. The TV um, uh, radio towers towers gone. So our island is still incommunicated for like no 911 for a week. And the and the TV channels just come back like two days later. Just one Telemundo is the only channel, so the people don't know nothing. 
Hmm. Right now, yesterday, we received the news. It's a community in the middle of the island. No have, um, they, they lose the community like a mountain, um, fall down in the top and cover all that. And they thinking it's like a, almost 200 people live there. And they don't know if that people go to the rescue, to the shelter. So if that people still there, bury there. Surely. So we, we, um, we don't know. We don't know where is that people right now. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are uh, watching and seeing these web these websites go by on uh, your screen, uh, the URL for those websites is aidpr, that's A-I-D-P-R dot org, um, which is uh, where you could uh, go to donate uh, for, for help with Puerto Rico. Um, would you say that there are... Uh, any major uh, support operations uh, in progress already, or are you pretty much being left to your own devices? So um, we, um, I, I have a very close communication with the people from the Homeland Security. I have friends working mm-hmm. there in the federal government, and they say they still have 10,000 containers stuck in the port because one of the biggest problems, they say we don't have truck drivers. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. we don't have truck, enough truck drivers, but also the port is, um, um, have damage from the hurricane. So, the, so it's not safety for all those boats getting in the island because it's not enough space. The ones is working is not too much. So that's why now the army, the U.S. Army, is trying to enter and help the island to uh, rebuild that court in the south, for they can use the south one we have, and more boats with humanitarian help can can you know come in and help the people. But the complaints that people have right now, the stores getting containers, but not the humanitarian help. So we don't want to think the government make preference for the containers have stuff for the stores first, then the stuff is coming for free for the people. So example. So, so there's a lot we, of supplies. Want, so you mean there's a lot of exactly. supplies that are standing by waiting to to uh, go exactly. to people. Just but it's up, been yeah. like an entire week, and and uh, a lot of this stuff is just being held up yes. by lack of organization. Yeah. Exactly. And most of the organization I, we partnership, they start sending, we already start sending containers. And the, and the containers are still stuck or in Miami, Jacksonville, or in the same San Juan port because no have truck driver or no have enough logistic for try to push that down and the people can receive the help. People are still writing to us, we don't have food, we don't have water, we don't drink um, um, clean water for days, and it's already 11 days since the hurricane. <sighs> And, and the thing is, all these people for this long week no have communication, so we don't know what they need. But now when this past three days, the people start getting communications, so that people start writing, oh, hey, we, I don't have diapers. I no can get it in the store because the ATM is not working because we don't have power. The 70% of the island no has power. And the government just concentrate and give power and telecommunications to the metro area. But all those people live in the coast, in the middle of the island, in the mountains, is still without any connection, like no gas, um, the people start burying, their families die in the hurricane in their own houses. The, the, we have like a, two um, news in Puerto Rico, like people bury their the family in the, in, in, the, in the ground of the house because they don't have transportation for the funeral, for, for, for make, you know, for send it to the funeral place or whatever, for they prepare the, the, the familiar. 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it, it is a big problem because this is a, can bring disease too, because this is a, a, a safety issue. And, and all the, all, all, one of the other problems we have is the, the drinking water. Most of the rivers um, get out from the level. So that, that, you know, get the animals, it was in the forest, so all the animals die, and the animals is in the water, so the water's you coming for your house, if you have, because most of the people don't have water yet, yeah. that water coming with germs and with, and with disease, because animals is floating in the, in the river. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So that's, that, that's why, our, and that's one of the things we're working on that. We want to give you our water filters. That's the most thing we, we will buy with the money we collect in the fundraising we're doing in, or in the webpage, because the water filter is, like, essential. Because yeah. you can get have water in your house, but that water is is not safety for drink. It's not drinking water. So we want to give you uh, water filters to our people. We want to give you batteries because they say it's no batteries D or C, and that's the most that the flashlights need. And the people don't have power, so they need a lantern. So we go provide batteries. We go uh, provide appliances to the um, to the uh, families who lose in the flooding the appliances because the flooding getting like nice food. In the coast, in the north coast, like the people, like you know, like all the house getting flood. Yeah, um, yeah. One of their plans too is um, medicines. They need medicines. Um, the pharmacies are empty. Um, we go, we want to start sending this by mail. Um, we already have noticed the PO boxes is working good, so we go start sending because it arrives first than the containers. So um, is uh, also, is the uh, yeah. uh, atheist the Puerto Rico atheist organization uh, doing something to help out with that effort? Yes, sure. We always uh, are working already with the homeless in Puerto Rico, but this time with this situation, we want to stand or help, and we go help our community first. That's our priority. Uh, we have a lot, a lot needed in our own secular community. Um, we have, what I mentioned already, we have three families, three families we know lose their all houses, so we want to mm-hmm. help. We, we hope uh, we can um, raise a lot of money for we can help this family directly. Most of the people are happy about that because they know, they feel happy when we can help somebody directly. Because sometimes we send to these organizations and we don't know if they help our people or no. Like mm-hmm. now, UNICEF, Red Cross, and a lot of containers and money, and that containers are still stuck. In the in the port, and that people not receive the help. That people are hungry right now. So, so and, we, and we so you cover... you're trying to raise money via uh, this uh, aidpr.org, uh, yes, which the, which the yes, audience the can a- go to. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, apr.org. We raise money, and we um, our project is bring drinking water, diapers, um, feminine um, in the, um stuff for, you know, the mm-hmm. women's on tampons, um, oh, sanitary <clears throat> towels, all that stuff, um, right. batteries, appliances, uh, water filters, that's our, our priority. If somebody know a good place for buy that in good prices, please write me on Facebook, Shirley Rivera. You can find me on Facebook, and that's going to be great because we want to provide water filters. That's something very important right now, and most of the organizations don't cover that. Most of the people bring food, food, can food, food, can food, but or people need filters for, for clean the water. Yeah. Um, they need survive supplies um, like medicines, um, bandage, all that stuff. We go provide that to our people. We start um, the Friends for the Austin, Texas um, organization. They go start um, collecting 
supplies for, you know, for, for the people too. Um, I want to mention American Atheist is partnership with us. They support these efforts and, uh, for bring us all the resources we need for make this project success. Um, David Silverman, um, Nick Fish, Jim Helton, Greg Lammers, all these, uh, board for American Atheists help very, very, um, close, uh, Puerto Rico Atheists for, and they say they, we have all this support. <laughs> and I want to mention too, the Missouri, um, Mississippi, sorry, Mississippi, um, State University donate one container with new clothes for Puerto Rico, but but mm-hmm. we need money for make that container go to Puerto Rico. We didn't have to send it, so so yeah. we need money too for send that container. And we're so happy, and we can't believe a state university donate to an atheist Hispanic group one <laughs> container with with new clothes. Yeah. For our people in Puerto Rico, we appreciate that. If it's somebody for that university here, in the bottom of our heart, thank you. Thank you for the people already start donating to the to the webpage APR.org. Yeah. Um, hey, Shirley, um, yeah. is there, a, I mean, uh, I don't want to change the subject or anything, but is there anything you can tell our audience about uh, your atheist organization in happier times? I mean, uh what, yes, what's it yes. like running an atheist? What, what is the religious climate like there in Puerto Rico? Yes, the most uh, popular religion in Puerto Rico is the Protestant. Mm-hmm. And in, in, a, in a far long time ago, it was the Catholic, but now um, these big churches for the Protestant, you know, getting, uh, you know, over. <laughs> And so now is the big community in the island. Um, we have a severe, um, severe problems with the government separation, state and, and church, because the government make like a, um, praying days, Bible day, um, oh. morning praise in the schools. We have already right now two lawsuits to the government, to the Department of Education and to one of the municipalities, because they do praise for 40 days in the, in the, in the government, um, they use the working hours for pray. We already have a, a complaint about the police pray for the people, make a, a roadblocks and stop the people. Um, we make a communication about that, and most of the community, international community, know about that situation. Like the police has stopped you roadblocks and tell you, hey, if he, you need have to get off your car and I go pray for you. So they do that. We complain about it. Um, that one stopped because we make a big issue with that. Um, you know, because that's great. You know, the official looking in, in uniforms. So, so surely, um, so surely, uh, you're Puerto Rico is an American territory, but are you not subject to the same separation of church and state that we have here in the mainland? Actually, our, our separation of their, um, constitution is more specific. Or one say complete separation of church and state, complete. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and we not can have a theocrat um, education in the schools, and and the, and we have better constitution like U.S. because it's more specific. But they not respect. They respect yeah. less. And 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 you know, it's it's very sad because the the teachers start stop teaching um, science for teaching christianity we have right now we were working on that after the unit before the hurricane because one of the moms have the um, the child in the public school and the teacher made her write um bible verses 
from the Bible mm. every morning, like a reflection. Uh. And it's not a reflection. It's like a horrible thought for the Bible. So we're working for that. That's our next lawsuit. So we 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 have a membership in organization. All the money we collect in the membership is for make lawsuits. It's very expensive for us because mm-hmm. the losses, but we always try to help the people with the legal costs and everything. So we defend um, if the atheists have a discrimination in the job for be atheists or something. We always be there for for help in the most we can. So that's that's or regular happy time, the stuff we do. Yeah. We yeah. also give food to the homeless. We have a project is one dollar for one sandwich. So we go Sundays to the uh, homeless. Um, to to found homeless and we give it food and also I want to mention is Starbucks they mm-hmm. donate coffee for us they know we are an atheist group and oh, they great. donated for us coffee yes. and the people don't know that but I Starbucks <laughs> Puerto Rico donate coffee for we can give it to the to the to the homeless and we prepare the sandwiches That's... we prepare the fruit. Yeah. And they start to provide the coffee. That's very important to mention it because that company support the ages group. That's really nice. Well, I want to so, I want to thank you, Shirley, for everything mm-hmm. you're doing down there in, in Puerto Rico, and thank you for all your efforts to help people. Um, atheists are some of the most generous people we found out over the last uh, several weeks uh, mm-hmm. when they banded together to help hurricane victims in Heart, Houston, uh, Houston and in Florida. Yeah. Um, I hope I hope that uh, by telling your story here today, they will uh, band together as well to help Puerto Rico. I think uh, it sounds like the devastation is much worse there, and you're on an isolated island. Uh, you have a lot of problems that maybe weren't quite such problems here, where uh, we have a, a lot more ways to get to people. So, uh, you know, I want to thank you, and really thank all of our fans who have just been incredibly generous. And I want to also mention if we uh, volunteer for U.S., uh, we we were planning to make a big group because we have Puerto Rican volunteers for Virginia, Florida, and Boston. And we planning meet all together for giving all the, the stuff for the people because, you know, most of the people in our community in Puerto Rico lose everything so they know can work like a volunteer for this. So if you Puerto Ricans or Hispanic or Americans, Haitians want to be together with us, um, follow us in Facebook at the Istas de Puerto Rico. Okay. And please follow us, send us a message because we want to go pick up a big group and give you all these diapers, food, drinking water, yeah. filters to all people. Okay, well, um, thank you so much for that information. And one more time, that uh, site to donate is uh, aidpr.org. Um, and like Shirley said, these are American citizens and, mm-hmm. and uh, we're all about helping American citizens and people well, elsewhere who elsewhere, are yeah. <laughs> who are affected by disasters, but uh, uh, the, these are Americans in our own backyard, and I and I hope people would uh, look at helping Puerto Ricans just like they looked at helping people in Florida or Houston or any other American soil. So, yeah. uh, and thank you. Oh, whoops. Thank you, guys. A big hug, and I appreciate it. all you do, too, for groups and all to the other um, hay-free atheists and American atheists and your atheist experience, guys. Oh, uh, I'm being told we're back. I hope it's uh, so. <laughs> don't don't see ourselves on the, see it. <laughs> we don't see ourselves on the screen yet, but yeah. uh, we're told we're back. Uh, but ah, there you go. Normally, yeah. <laughs> Normally, I'm not looking at chat during the show, but I just checked, and uh, people are yelling, they're back, so (laughs) I guess we're back. 
so welcome back to the atheist experience. Uh, maybe maybe we should just launch into our next caller, or would you like to uh, to, to bring up your story? We can. Well, I'd take like it maybe to. I can. In the middle. Uh, yeah, we. Bull now, and uh, the chat room can confirm. Maybe, uh, but the uh, let's see. Oh well, I see video, but we're not in it. We're just pitch black. <laughs> but our names are there, um, and we're going to do some flying spaghetti so. monster juju to keep the video <laughs> stream up. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure this isn't the fault of our crew. Uh, we're <laughs> going to go. Uh, we're going to go a few extra minutes at the end of the show to make sure that you get a reasonable length out of it. Um, should I just go ahead and start? And uh, we are resigned to having no video, so you will have to uh, do without our incredibly handsome faces. Yes, I know that's going to be a hardship for you. Yeah, poor, poor people. Uh, but Samuel from Minnesota, now you're on the air. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Pretty good. How are you? Except for all the uh, havoc that that the, <laughs> that God is wreaking on our studio right now. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, um, well, I just wanted to give you guys a little backstory about myself. Well, I'm 22, Christian, very uh -huh. tolerable of my family, and considering the indoctrination, I'm, I'm pretty tolerable of it all. Okay. Um, anyway, my main question or statement um, is feeling like everything around us was created or a product of design, an innate feeling, and if I could just revert that really quickly, um, without any religious meddling, would wondering if natural processes ranging from life and reproduction and planet formation are a product of design in which life is not accidental. Well, I think you know our answer. We don't think so. Yeah, we don't see any, I mean, any reason think to, that there's to think design. that. So um, adolescence or maybe even childhood thinking or feeling that everything was <laughs> created is not innate. Uh, you know, adolescents are very egotistical, you may have noticed, <laughs> and they think a lot of things revolve around them. Uh, but, that, but, I mean, the fact that they have certain feelings or come to some realizations doesn't mean that this is, that this is an accurate understanding of the way that the world works. Okay, but would you say that having that sense of being created and all those processes I was talking about um, having that sense, is that innate or not? Uh, well, I don't know. I That's don't, a good question. I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't I have don't, that feeling, so it's not innate in me personally, but that, you know, whether it is uh, overall in humans, I, I don't know if I could address that or not. Yeah, when, when you say okay. adolescence, you're talking about, like, teenagers, right? Um, I was more so saying childhood um, oh. to adolescence. Um, I, I mean, I'm just thinking that by the time you're a teenager, uh, you know, it's more difficult to tease apart that difference between what's innate and what is taught because, uh, by the time you get to that age, you, well, a lot of kids have already been taught a whole lot about, uh, about what they're supposed to believe as a religion. And so, uh, the fact that, all the people that you meet have that feeling could just be a product of their upbringing. Now, me personally, for instance, I was raised by a couple of non-believers, 
and while I sort of toyed with the idea that religion might be true because I was surrounded by it everywhere, uh, I never took it that seriously. And and in fact, uh, you know, when I got philosophical as a teenager, it was it was more along the lines of, man, it's so weird that everybody in the world has a brain, but I'm the only one who experiences my brain. Uh, but again, teenagers are really egotistical. And I, well, I wanted to bring up something that John said. He said that he doesn't feel that, um, and he may not currently feel that, of course, but um, in terms of childhood and adolescence, like I brought up, mm-hmm. um, have you, well, I guess, have you ever felt that? Um, maybe. I mean, to, to a certain extent, children uh, have a tendency to have magical thinking, so uh, when you're, when, yeah, when you're when you're a young child, you uh, well, for one thing, you kind of trust what the adults around you tell you. So if they're talking about uh, Santa Claus, you're more likely to believe that. But also, apart from what people tell you, you you uh, you haven't really attained critical thinking skills yet, or even abstract thinking skills. So when you're a young child, you at least what I've seen is that children embrace magical thinking in general. So they'll kind of believe in. Uh, uh, things that maybe aren't rational. Well, uh, you use the term magical, um, uh-huh. but, but um, I don't, I'm not really talking about so much as something like Jesus. I'm more talking about life and creation, or not even really creation, but how how it's not an accident, I would say. Um, also, Russell used um, that he's not so much entertained by religion or he didn't used to be entertained by religion and um that still kind of didn't really answer my question because this isn't really a religious question yeah but i mean i'm saying i don't really have the feeling that uh everything was designed either and i think it kind of is a religious question when you boil it down because to think that something's designed that uh i think the concept of a of a supernatural designer is a religious concept Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so do we draw conclusions from what is more likely to be true? Yes? Uh, some of the time. Okay, so... It's, it's, how, you, a, it's how you determine what, what's most likely that's the issue. That's the, right. That's the okay, problem. so which brings me to my next question. Do you believe that life and planet formation and solar system formation is accidental? Well, I don't know. Do you believe that there was a designer for God? Um, I believe that solar systems across the universe are set up in similar ways to where we can draw a conclusion that this isn't an accident because accidents so, are really But you think that but I mean by to follow this line of reasoning, you maybe mm-hmm. think that the that God having existed in the first place is an accident as you put it. Unless you think that there's a God God. Um, I don't so much think there's a God God. I think that there's just creation and design and not so much intention, but not accidental. So, so God did have a designer. Somebody, some, some higher God made God. Um, I'm not, (laughs) no, I'm not even going to try to entertain that, but. 
Well, um, well, I mean, why not? Because, like, what you're trying to argue here is that things mm-hmm. don't just happen to exist. Like, that would be ridiculous. But then you, you've solved the problem, allegedly, <laughs> by inventing this incredibly powerful, intelligent, uh, magical, to use John's term, thing, and then you just don't want to think about where that came from. Right? That's true. Yeah, that's actually true. So um, so if you accept the idea that some things just exist and you can't think about it, then why jump to a god, which we can't really, uh, which we don't really have any indication exists in the first place, instead of just saying, well, the universe has all those properties? Well, I don't, I don't so much, I don't know if I can even say that I... I'm not entertaining the idea of God, but just a process that is intentional. But you Um, don't want to apply that argument to God. I mean, you don't want to think that God maybe had another God who made him. Well, that that seems to be a different question, a part of a different equation. Well... (laughs) Well, I mean, is it something that bothers you, or do you just wave it away and say it doesn't matter? Um, it's something that I think about, definitely. Okay. But I, I have one focus, and then I have, and you guys have another focus, and my focus is um, the processes in life, and the other focus in which I can't really... But not God. But but not whatever processes would cause that God to work the way it does. Because if you don't think that a God made God, then you must think that an infinite intelligence can just exist with no designer. Does that not I, seem weird I don't to so you? Much, I, don't, I don't so much think that. I, I so uh-huh. much think that an event happened and we're still living through that event. What event? Um, well, scientists say the Big Bang... Okay. Where does a God factor into that? Um, he doesn't as far as I'm concerned. Oh, well, then we agree. That's a good call. No. Um. Well, I think you're probably disputing that there was a Big Bang, right? Oh. Um, I'm kind of, I'm, I kind of got lost, but basically my argument is that because I've heard you guys on the show before say that it's an accident. Well, I wouldn't no, use, that. I wouldn't use that. that term. Yeah, no, I, don't, I, I think th- people put those words in our mouths and we say, "Well, yeah, kinda," but that's um, not the way we would, phrase it. Yeah, we would Sorry. we would say we would say natural processes or um, something to that effect rather than accident. I think at least I would. Okay, and if these natural processes happen light years away from where we are, mm-hmm. um, does that kind of raise a red flag of intention or purpose or not for not for me i mean what what to you would indicate intention uh that something was a result of intention and uh, rather than not a result of intention well um i don't think accidents really fix themselves and the earth um how it was formed from what i've heard um the theory is that it was all molten and it cooled off and different weather happened and different changes happened and I can't really tell you because I'm not credentialed in that. But well, 
I'd like to suggest respectfully that maybe you should look into some of the books that discuss how that happened, because I think it's a lot more complicated and weird and interesting to read about than you are probably thinking. Like, don't just think this is beyond my understanding. I mean, it's useful to actually read up on what scientists happen, uh, think happened and how they came to that conclusion uh, mm-hmm. and, and not just say, I don't get it. Uh, because those are some cool thi- things to think about. And also, if you want to understand how atheists think, it's better to actually try to uh, like make an honest effort to get their point of view instead of just guessing and throwing out words like accident. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also, I just wanted to say this. Um, you see Venus and its atmosphere or lack thereof or whatever. Um, that would seems like an accident to me, something that didn't work out because what? Venus was like Earth at once, correct? Um, I don't know. No? <laughs> uh, not that I know of. Venus, was, Venus and Earth were not twins at first? Okay. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, for one thing, they're orbiting the sun at different distances, and so of course, uh, Venus, Venus is was, a lot hotter. Yeah. And I don't know okay, if Venus, Venus ever had water been, Venus hasn't always been hot, right? It used to have a different atmosphere and more more like Earth, um, from what I've read. No, I don't think Maybe I've wrong. heard that anywhere. Okay, uh, but even um, if but even if it did, what uh, I was wondering where you were going with that? Yeah, um, I, w- I would say um, that Venus is something that could be an accident because by following what I've read, that Venus was. Um, similar to Earth when it was early in formation, that um, Earth worked out and Venus didn't. So that would be an example of an accident. I think it depends. Depends what you mean by worked out, because I think they both worked out because they, they did <laughs> what they did. What they did. You're you're kind of you're you're almost assuming the intention as a as a you're you're pre-assuming that there was an intention in the first place. Saying that, well, the the goal is to have a a, a planet that's habitable and uh, for life or whatever, and that's uh, I think that assumption is faulty. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, being a human, it's not surprising that you think it's really interesting and important and significant uh, that humans exist. I do too. I like people. Uh, but that is my personal bias as a person. And I would ask, like, what's wrong with Venus? How do you know that the Earth isn't the accident? Well, I know that Earth isn't the accident because life was able to be sustained in a whole star. But again, that's just assuming that life being sustained is a motivation instead of a byproduct. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, obviously Venus, we like it because we're here and we're humans, but that doesn't mean that yeah. that's that's a goal of some some over overreaching goal that uh, planet creation is in or you know is is process is there to sustain human life. Yeah, that's that's, so, that's a self centered thing if you look at mm-hmm. it apart from your own situation of being a human. Yeah, thought experiment. What if there is a God, but he's like, you know, 
Asteroid 5219B is the greatest thing I ever made. Now, Earth, it's got all these parasites on it. That, that was obviously a screw-up. But, boy, that Asteroid 5219B, it's, it's beautiful. It's a work of art, and it's everything I want this universe to be about. <laughs> then what? Earth would be what great would if those humans hadn't come along yeah. and ruined it. Well, again, I'm not claiming that God has any characteristics whatsoever. I know. Um, <laughs> makes the conversation kind of hard to have because, uh, I mean, I, I feel like you have that point in the back of your mind, but you don't want to say it. Um, I, I guess it's more so just feeling feeling is or emotion is just what's holding me back. But, um, like, I wanted to bring it back to Venus for a second. I know that when Venus was forming or after it formed that, the magnetic field was lost, which in turn caused Venus to be as hot as it is. Okay. Can uh, we agree with that? Venus is as hot as it is because it's closer Close to, to the, the sun. sun. Yeah, that's what I would think. The, the radiation that it gets falls off with... It, shoot, is it the square or the cube of the distance? I'm... <laughs> uh, I'm I was, started as a physics major, but it's been a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, I mean... The the fact that Venus is hot has way more to do with how close it has to the nearest heat source uh, than to uh, what the atmosphere is. So I I don't but, uh, know what you've read, uh, and I freely admit that I'm not an expert on planetary science, uh, mm, but yeah. that sounds unlikely to me. Okay. And well, it, and this if is I, just for me watching the Planets documentary the other day and me just spewing what I've heard from that. But um, well, and if I, I that, it, and if I were to look at the just say just look at our solar system for example, you have we have one planet <laughs> that has uh, life on it, and and as far as we know, it's the only one. Um, I would think that it's us that's the outlier. It's the the other planets formed, and they don't support life, so. To say that we, well, we we just made a discovery from the Trappist telescope that there are like seven Earth-like planets lined up, and three of them are in the Goldilocks zone for habitability. Okay. So, do we so know yet that there at, isn't life on those planets? I mean, uh, that seems like a level can, of detail. Uh, we don't, but we can likely conclude that because of our solar system and our host star, and how our solar system is set up similar to a way that theirs is and that there are three planets in the habitable zone that there is more likely to be life on those planets, correct? Well, no. At least <laughs> maybe life that's similar to, to the life that's here. If there is life, but I mean there were, uh, there were a complicated series of things that were not necessarily a foregone conclusion uh, to get mm -hmm. to this point. Yeah. And then we're sitting here as the end result of that process and thinking, boy, it's great that this, uh, you know, that this process led to something exactly like me. So clearly I'm the most important thing in the universe. Yeah, that could have, that could have gone wrong at any point in the process maybe. Uh, in, in lots maybe. of ways. Like or saying, life could be incredibly common. We don't know. Exactly. So, but wouldn't it be more likely that there is life than there? Then it's less likely that there is life. Uh, not, uh, not overall. <laughs> I think that life is probably extremely rare. Let Let me put this a different way. Um, suppose that uh, 
you just hit the reset button on Earth and uh, and started over from the beginning of let's say human history and replayed everything uh slightly altered in some way do you think that the movie star wars would have been made i mean so there's a very specific thing that is the end result do you think that would happen um no okay So the analogy that I want you to think about is to consider the human race or even mammals or however far back you want to go. Think of that result as Star Wars and think, you know, if you were to replay everything, maybe it would all happen the same way, but maybe nothing like this would happen. We don't know. If the big But meat, we do if, know where there's water, there is life. No, correct? we don't, because there's water no, on Mars what? and there's no life there. Yeah, not necessarily. It just it's one of the components. Wait, is there water on Mars? Shoot, I hope I didn't screw that up. <laughs> But if um, there was, water next combined with being in the habitable, habitable zone next to the host star, <laughs> I, I believe that's a great recipe for life. You can't make that as a general statement because we only have one example. Yeah. Yeah, and ours worked, right? Yeah, but uh-huh. it could be it could be ex- <laughs> extremely rare for even right. even if you have right. the right conditions. We don't know. We 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 haven't found another planet that we absolutely know has any kind of life on it yet. Right. So <laughs> we could be the only planet in the entire universe with life, or they could be all over the place, or somewhere in between. Uh, and you can't just like make sweeping generalizations about how life comes about like all over the universe if you only know one planet where it ever happened well if life has came from our planet and we know all the ingredients from our planet to make life no we do i mean that's another thing that i don't think you're quite getting about science we know some of the details and we can kind of fill things in but i don't think you'd ever find a scientist who would say For sure, we know how this happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, I guess my last thing. I only have one more question. Well, make um, it make it short because uh, I yeah, mean, I it's a good conversation, uh, but we have yeah. other callers. Yeah, definitely. Um, if you can accept that there is no God with no definitive proof, then why do you criticize those that are benign in their belief who? except that there is a god with no proof. John, you take it. I don't I don't consider myself as accepting that there is no god. I I I don't have a I don't have a belief in a god until I see some evidence or reason that there is one. Okay. Um so I I would look at both situations the same. It's not a good it's not a good idea to to believe something for which you have no evidence. Well, I guess my question was more centered for an atheist then. We are. That, that's that's what atheist means. Atheist means oh, okay. not believing in God. Okay. So is agnosticism cuz it sounded like to me he said he was unsure. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to cut past this and recommend you go to ironchariots.org and search for a uh uh an article titled uh, Dude, Atheist versus Agnostic. Atheism is. Okay. I'm just asking because his answer seemed yeah. like he came off from an agnostic point of view. Uh, I, I think you should read that article. 
Thanks for calling. I'm, 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 I'm an agnostic atheist. They're not, yeah. they're not mutually exclusive. Right. All right. Uh, hmm. You want to go through uh, your story for a few minutes? Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah, I can cover it quickly because uh, when uh, Shirley was on earlier, she was mentioning <laughs> the stuff that's going on in the schools there, and uh, that's not going on in just in Puerto Rico. That's here in the U.S. Here in the well, in the mainland, the, the mainland U.S. the uh, the fifty states as well, and. Uh, I don't usually bring current events into the show, but this one really made my blood boil, so I, I, I wanted to mention it because this stuff's going on. Uh, this comes from uh, Hemant Mehta's Friendly Atheist blog, uh, and it's about a, a student who's suing her high school in uh, the Delta County School District in Colorado. Uh, her name's Sydney Fisk, and she's, uh, she's actually in college now, but you know the wheels of justice turn slowly, so there's this lawsuit going on about uh, what's going on in the public schools there. And, uh, you know, I just wanted to, to give a brief rundown on what this is because this is like the, one of the most egregious cases I've heard of. I know a lot of schools, especially in, in the South, do this kind of stuff now and then. But uh, the, the, what was going on in her school, uh, teachers at the school openly discussed their Christian faith and church attendance during classes. School board members also did that. Uh, one board member raised her Christian belief that transgender students should be castrated. Uh, a middle school teacher sponsored Bible study classes before the start of the day, enticing students with donuts to, to attend sessions. Uh, when Sidney Fisk uh, spoke out against a, an amendment, uh, a personhood amendment that would have treated fetuses as humans, making abortions more difficult to obtain. One of her teachers reprimanded her publicly for wearing a shirt, urging people to vote no. Uh, the teacher added, God gives babies life and abortion is murder. Uh, the same teacher, uh, along with Fisk's guidance counselor, had a private meeting with her months later where they criticized her attitude. They showed a picture she had posted on her private Instagram account in which she said she wasn't a fan of the school. The counselor added that if Fisk's attitude didn't change, she would have to ruin her position in student government and ruin her grant opportunities. Mm, the, counselor also, the counselor also threatened to revoke letters of recommendation for college. Uh, Sydney tried to begin a secular student alliance group, uh, couldn't find a faculty sponsor, and her government teacher told her that the club did not line up with community and school values. Uh, the school invited Christian abstinence-only speaker to give a talk, uh, she was told the speeches wouldn't be religious, and of course, when they were made, they were full of religion. Uh, they brought in another speaker to talk about his time as a soldier and why Jesus was great. Uh, and he was invited in to talk about the problems of drug use, but he had absolutely no qualifications to talk about drug use. Uh, when Fisk pointed that out, she was reprimanded by her teacher. Uh, this one bothered me the most. Uh, her grade in her government class was dropped from a near-perfect 98% to 70%, not based on any exam or paper, but uh, when she asked her teacher and principal told her in private that the newspaper article she wrote for, uh, about the school complaining about their policies was part of the reason. That's and, really sleazy. And they cited her questioning of authority, particularly religious authority, and that she was stirring the pot. Uh, yeah. And uh, 
uh, and also I read down here after they like screwed with her grades uh, when she was applying to college she had to submit counselors letters and they didn't just tell her no they they accepted and then stalled on it and then uh, may have sent bad recommendations which kept her out of a couple of colleges they think Right, and she wanted to apply for a couple of scholarships and she, that she qualified on based on her ACT scores and her family income. Uh, she's, she's saying that she doesn't believe that those applications were even submitted by the adults in the school. Uh, so this kind of stuff's going on in public schools. Uh, she's filing a lawsuit, which is great. You know, kudos to you. <clears throat> they, this stuff needs to be challenged at every, uh, at every point that it happens, this is just this is clearly blatant uh, religiously based discrimination. So I want to give Sydney a shout out. Say uh, her there's a, her group in Colorado, uh, atheists and freethinkers of Western Colorado, I believe it is, uh, set up a, a scholarship fund, and they ended up giving her, I think, raising four thousand dollars to make up for the uh, scholarships that she was denied. <coughs> Uh, because of her religious views, so uh, I just you know I wanted to publicly personally support her and, and her efforts because this stuff needs to be called out when it happens. So yeah, that's that. <laughs> Hope she wins. Yeah. Shaq in North Carolina. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. I'm fine. Look, thanks. Looks like we, our video's been up for a while, so that's good news. Yeah. The uh, the chat room all said they were praying for us to stay up, so that must have made the difference. I saw it. <laughs> um, well, I like to, um, you know, refer to myself as an atheist. Well, I am an atheist now, but I kind of kept jumping from back back and forth between um, theism and atheist. But um, I, something that really one of the biggest things that that was in my struggle of trying to just totally leave theism is um I just want to tell you guys a story about something that happened between me and my girlfriend one time we was leaving a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um we was leaving a restaurant and then like we walked out and we was like basically it was like cars passing by so um it was like by the mall so we were just basically just waiting by the curb. And then there was a guy who um basically he was just standing there and then, like, so we started walking towards the car. He started following us, and he was like, um, hey, y'all, like, you know, just talking to us and was like, how can I pray for you guys today? So I was like, I mean, my girlfriend, she's, like, a Christian, and she believes all this stuff. So um, I, I'm just walking. I'm like, well, we're about to drive back home. So I guess, you know, just prayers for safety travel. So, I, you know, just to get him out of here. So, um, he, so then he says, um... Oh, okay, well, he said, okay, I'll pray for that. And he was like, um, are any of you guys, um, like, sick? Or are you guys having, like, like illness or anything? And at the time, my girlfriend was going through, like, a real bad cold. So um, and she, like, missed a couple of days of work for it and everything. So so um, I was like, yeah, well, my girlfriend, she's sick. And um, he was like, okay. And he was like, what about physical pain? Do any of you guys have, like, any, like, back problems or anything like that? And I was like, um... I said, well, I have scoliosis, so, you know, so that's, you know, that's weird, you know. So he was like, okay, okay, cool. And then he, um, like, looked at my girlfriend, like, gave her, like, a weird look. 
and he was like, um, he said, he said, do you like kids? And then I was, and then my girlfriend said, yeah. Uh, um, and he was like, but not just kids. Like you have like a, like a soft spot in your heart for like babies. And she was like, yeah, but what's crazy is my girlfriend, her family owns a daycare that she was working at at the time. And she worked in the baby room, which was like, which was just like blew my mind. It was crazy. So, um, so I was like, you know, wow, or whatever. So then he like, um, he looked at me and he was like, and he was like, um, do you, he said, um, do you have like a, he said, you have a younger brother, right? And I was like, yeah, he was like probably about three, four years younger. And I said, yeah, I have a little brother and he's four years younger than me. And he was like, and he was like, he said, you probably don't want him, you know, doing the, um, making some of the same mistakes you made. And then it was kind of crazy because, like, a week before that, I was talking to my little brother on the phone because I was in, um, I was like, this was like my junior year in college. And um, my little brother was just coming out of high school. So I was, tell- he was getting ready to come to college. And I was telling him, like, mistakes not to make, you know, stuff like that. So um, then he, then, like, the last thing he looked at me and said, he was like, um, he said, um, he said, yeah, man, he said, um, he said, you probably, well, he said, you have, um, you're struggling in your faith with God, right? And I was like, yes. I was like, I don't really, I don't really believe that. And he was like, he said, yeah. He was like, um, God just wants you to know that he loves you, that he, that he loves you still, and he's going to continue to love you. And then I was like, wow, okay, or whatever. But, and then he was like, I'm sorry for offending you guys, but like, I, but I just saw you guys over there and, um, something told me to come pray for you guys. And ever since I've been over here, God has been speaking to me. And I, and so he like basically told us a prayer and we walked off like, but I was just wondering, like, and I know that's kind of like an anecdotal testimony, you know, as far as, you know, the way you guys see it, cause you guys have no reason to, to like really believe that he did that. But for me, I mean, it kind of, it, it, it happened. So, I mean, I was just wondering if something like that happened, like, what would you, how would you process that? Like, how would you, and, and, and mind you, I don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first thing I want to ask, I mean, I don't want to assume that you have a stalker, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, but the main thing I wanted to ask is, have you heard of cold reading? Yeah, <laughs> I wrote that um, down. Shoot. Maybe you should take it there. <laughs> oh, no, go ahead. Fin- no, you. finish your thought. What? So have you? Have I what? Have you heard of cold reading? No, I haven't. So there are professional psychics, uh, you know, and let's put some quotes around the word psychics. Um, <sighs> um there are a lot of documented cases cases of this happening where basically um if you call a phone psychic or um or you go to a reading in one of those cheap storefronts and they say they're going to tell your future um the uh a lot of times what they will do is kind of fish for information in a way that you don't notice it happening uh i mean for one thing a statement like, I bet you're struggling with your faith is a really easy one to make because I think even a committed religious person would uh, would dig for something in the back of their mind that, uh, I mean, like everybody struggles with their faith at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there are the kind of statements that are so vague uh, that they could apply to absolutely everybody. And mm-hmm. if you're a psychic, like, throwing out something random, like, for instance, uh, I bet you have a little brother. Again, that's true for a lot of people, but if you had mm-hmm. said no, they can still recover because they were like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean a brother. Let me Let me think again. You have a sibling, right? And you could mm-hmm. be like, no, I don't have any siblings, but I have a niece I'm real close to. And they're like, yeah, I was thinking of your <laughs> niece. Um, <laughs> like, when it lands, when it feels like it's very specific personal information about you, the uh-huh. human mind has a way of filling in the details and thinking that they know uh, that they know a lot more about you when, in fact, they just maybe they do, maybe that guy does that to everybody he meets uh-huh. for all you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And another good example is, yeah. uh, I bet you like babies. Well, most people would probably say they like babies. If he had <laughs> yeah, said, who if would he had, say, no, I hate babies. If he said, I, I bet you work in a in a daycare center taking care of babies, that would be a lot more impressive. Right. But the fact mm-hmm. that that yeah, I like babies, and and then that uh, and then it pops into her head, hey, you know, I work with babies. That that's remarkable. But he didn't say that. Mm-hmm. He just said, I bet you like babies. So that's right. another cold mm-hmm. reading technique. As you say something really general. And then people kind of kind of try to fit that in uh, mm-hmm. to, to their lives. And, and then it sort of seems like a hit when it really isn't. Also, another thing is, like, you, you said, like, that me and John, we have no way of knowing that this has actually happened. I don't mm-hmm. doubt that, uh, that you described it pretty much as you remember it. But there's another thing that happens because since people look for patterns in things, a lot of times uh, they will retroactively adjust their memories because the story sounds cooler in their heads. Uh, Mm -hmm. So I've heard this from professional stage magicians, which is that, you know, I did this pretty simple, straight-up conjuring, a sleight-of-hand trick, and then later I heard this guy describe the trick to his friend, and he added all this detail that I didn't even do, and it made the trick sound way more impressive, and I just Mm -hmm. let it go and didn't let it happen because, hey, who doesn't want to sound like a better magician? People do that, and it's not... Uh, like it's not a criticism of your memory in particular. It's just uh, you ought to be aware that this can happen because memories are are vague and malleable. Malleable, yeah. Yeah, I, so I, I understand that, but I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to come as <clears throat> like that. Like I didn't, like I wasn't even believing in that stuff anyway. Yeah, but even if you don't want to, uh, uh-huh. your mind sometimes does it for you. Okay, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Well, thank you. I kind of went through like a um, process. I, I did believe in God, and then I kind of like did research on the Bible. Then I was thinking, oh, well, the Bible is terrible because you know I'm I'm African American, and and yeah. you know as far as like you know the whole slavery thing and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. and I just and with the Bible being a you know a part of that, I used to always ask people like if a, if a slave owner is reading this Bible and a black person is reading and an African American is reading this Bible like. And he sees the thing about slavery, like, like you know, he's going to think what he's doing is right and stuff like that. So I kind of went through that. And then, uh, oh, yeah. And historically, there are a lot of slave owners who, who wrote at great length about how much the Bible justified them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, yeah. that's not just speculating. 
Yeah. And then I kind of, and then I went through this stage of like, like, I have no reason, you know, like with how do I know that the Bible's true and, and how do I know that, that, um, that all of these things are, are as accurate as people think. And I used to always wonder like how people used to, I mean, how people are like, I used to always think, even when I was growing up, I was like, how did, how do other people in there who weren't Christians who believe their own religion, how were they like just as confident as like mm-hmm. all these other Christians who think that they're right? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I used to always, exactly. just, I used to always just, I used to always blow my mind because I, I know people aren't like just that crazy like to where you know what I mean. So I just kind of realized that like you know most of the time the household that you're brought up in is is kind of what. You're going to be, that's what you're going to have most of the time, not in all cases, but a lot of the time, that's what you are, you know, taught to believe. So I kind of did more research on it. I watched um, a lot of you guys' shows. Um, You know, I'm a big fan of the the show and stuff like that, and I learned a lot. And and I think it's really helped me a lot. And, and, you know, my my girlfriend thinks that I'm working for the devil, but, (laughs) but, I mean, she's still with me, so so maybe maybe it's, it ain't that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, but um, hope, hope your relationship is uh, solid enough to uh, last through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I do too. But and keep and keep and keep, and keep thinking about it. Keep questioning it. That's good that you're examining stuff that you're told. And she, you know, and that's the thing that gets me. Like I don't understand why some like why like why some Christians like like they don't even want to hear like any possibility. Like I like I used to always tell my girlfriend whether you disagree or or agree. Like you should still want to get as much information to form your own decision instead of just right. ever since you're born, all you're taught is everything in the Bible is true, everything in the Bible is true, like, you need to form your own opinion, and I thought you guys, you guys should really help me out um, with that, so I just want to tell you guys thank you, and, you know, keep doing what you're doing, and um, thank you for answering my call. Well, thank you. Right. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Right. Bye. Uh, yeah, I hope he reads up on cold reading, because it's actually very interesting and very tricky yeah and some people are really really good at it <laughs> there's yeah. the who's the guy the john john edwards yeah he wasn't even all that good at it honestly <laughs> he, let's see john edwards was the politician and john edward i think was the tv psychic uh, okay okay but i mean john edward not only did he cold read but he would go through like hours and hours of interview and just throw out the video of people where he just wildly missed the mark so yeah. he could selectively edit to make himself look good yeah um also speaking of doing research on stuff uh, uh <laughs> i just threw this thing out off the top of my head uh there is in fact uh water on mars in the form of ice anyway and vapor right. in the atmosphere uh there don't seem to be any large bodies of water on mars however there is a doctor who episode called the waters of mars so mm. very significant <laughs> um so, who's been on for a long time? David, uh, Arkansas. Hello. Hey, or is it yeah. Arizona? Can you hear me? Arkansas, yeah. Uh, Arkansas. It's Arkansas. Can you hear yeah. me good? Yeah. I can hear you. Okay, great. Well, um, what I wanted to ask was a question that really is irrespective of my own beliefs. I mostly just want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh-huh. But, um, do you guys feel that fundamentalism is as bad as a more moderated or reformed uh, 
form of religion? I mean, is that the true evil, or do you guys feel like they are, you know, equally bad, equally destructive to society? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, fundamental, fundamentalism and literalism. Right. Kind of a deal. It's complicated because I know, you know, mm-hmm. playing devil's advocate, so I'm just spoiling, no, I don't think that uh, moderate religious people are as harmful and destructive as fundamentalists. Uh, okay. But talking to atheists who do think that, the argument that they would make is that uh, the the moderates normalize religion. And so the the basic problem overall is uh, believing things that aren't true, being gullible, and and having a willingness to accept nonsense into your thought, uh, into your thoughts. And so, okay. the idea being that the moderates give cover to the fundamentalists and make the fundamentalism possible, or, or make it possible for them to take hold. That said, <laughs> the fact that fundamentalism takes hold anywhere is the serious problem. Um, and uh, I, I feel like the, the momentum and direction of people's beliefs may be more important uh, than, uh, than the actual particular belief that they happen to be at because human interaction is very, very complicated. And I would like to have everybody believe true things and not believe false things, but that's never going to happen because everybody is working on incomplete information. Fundamentalism is harmful because it uh, actively, uh, like fundamentalists actively seek to uh, legally enforce their stupid beliefs on other people. Uh, and they, in some cases, like persecute uh, people who believe differently or, or have a different sexual orientation or they subjugate women. And the fact that people actually lose their rights or don't have as much freedom as they would otherwise is the real harm of fundamentalism. Yeah. Now, if a fundamentalist mm, abandoned fundamentalism and moved off to this sort of vague, liberal, uh, uh, not very serious belief in some force in the universe. Are they still believing irrational stuff? Sure. But am I going to tell them that move you made, now you're even worse, or it didn't make any difference, you're just as bad as you were before. I don't see it that way. I think that... uh, it is a reduction of the amount of irrational stuff they believe or the, the uh, how seriously they take it. And I think less of that is always a good thing. John, what do you think? Yeah, I think what Russell alluded to is the harm is not the fundament- fundamentalism itself. It's, that, it's, it's what actions it informs. So if somebody's a really fundamentalist, Bible literist, literalist, thinks that it's inerrant and uh, homosexuals should be put to death. And if they think that, that's one thing. Uh, if they go out into society and try to impose that on everybody, that's that's the higher level of danger. So it's it's more than just being a fundamentalist. It's what are you what are you going to do with that? That's causing the harm. And in that respect, moderates don't don't go out and seek to uh, cause as much harm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I guess that was another way to say that is that 
Um, it's, it's like a more moderate, I don't know, maybe you called it wishy-washy, I don't remember, but <laughs> I might have said that. kind of, maybe, but uh, it's basically just within the spectrum. I know that, like you said, some of your harder atheist friends would disagree and maybe say that, like, it's still bad, and I, I'm not, I'm mostly just staying away from that, but, um, or not having an opinion on that part, but just whether it's within the spectrum of, like, a, not necessarily a perfect society, but just an okay society, that one that does kind of generally promote the general welfare, basically. Yeah, and I think that in a lot of cases, uh, given the various people I know who are and aren't religious, uh, I, <laughs> I like people who have some amount of religious belief that they will accept being criticized or ribbed about, but still basically treat other people well and and are kind of live and let live and care about doing stuff like helping people in Puerto Rico. Uh, like, I like those people more than uh, if I knew a very hardcore atheist who I totally agreed with about God but is kind of a jerk <laughs> to, yeah. to okay. like, everybody, to me and other people. Sure. And a lot of times people okay. people need a transition. So uh, a lot of times they'll they'll be say, uh, and I hear this story a lot. There's somebody who's really fundamentally religious, and then they go through a, a change process, and they might uh, try a more moderate religion or set of beliefs on for a while. And you know, they it's really unusual for a fundamentalist to immediately jump to to not believing. Uh, so that moder- moderate moderate those moderate religions give them sort of an opportunity to transition. So they, they your you know, beliefs tend to change slowly. So uh, people, individuals, and society as a whole can kind of transition to a more secular position by going through those moderate <laughs> steps. And so on, from that aspect, I, I kind of applaud somebody who's willing to at least moderate their views first and, and while they then think about where they are now and then maybe transition to something a little more secular uh, later. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've, I've heard of a lot of people who have uh, gradually abandoned religion, and it almost always is a gradual process where they, where they think, well, I don't really believe in that hell stuff because that's kind of monstrous and I can't believe in a God who would do that sort of thing. But then once they've abandoned that, they keep going and are like, well, I, you know, I always heard that hell was real. If I reject that, why do I still believe in the other stuff? Yeah. And I'm not going to attack somebody for going through that transition if they're not going through it as fast as I think they should. It, it's hard to let go of everything at once. I, I okay. say I'm not going to attack them, but I'm still going to jump on their their beliefs that I don't agree with. When somebody calls in and says, hey, I don't agree with that fundamentalist who calls, but let me tell you what I do think, I mean, I'm still all over them. <laughs> sure. I mean, that's, you know, just criticizing an opinion or an idea. Right. I get that. <laughs> um, and that kind of brought up an interesting question, and this is just kind of in your opinion from what you've seen. Um, do you think that there it's easier to kind of like, or have there been more people who have changed from a fundamentalist, literalist version to non-belief? Or is that kind of easier than someone who has more of a moderate uh, position and then changing them to non-belief? Just in your opinion, have you seen more go from a harder stance to non-belief or a moderate position to non-belief? Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
My my sense okay. is mod, that moderates. It's probably more common with somebody who starts off with a moderate belief because they're already kind of open to question. Whereas, yeah. whereas somebody who's really fundamentalist uh, tend to be more closed-minded. But then also there's a backlash, like the, the <coughs> Phelps family. You know, oh, half yeah. of half of their kids completely abandoned that, and that was like one of the most fundamentalist versions of Christianity that there could be. So, yeah, if you ever get around to it, read a New York Times article about someone named uh, Megan Phelps, I believe, right? Uh-huh. Because she had a wonderful story about being this hardcore fundamentalist and being weaned off of it by some friends who who talked her through it even while she was telling them that God hated them and and she hoped they go uh, they burn forever. Hmm. Okay, maybe I'll uh, look that up. And I, I have, have known fun. personally it's rare but I've known uh people who went all the way from fundamentalist to atheist uh like Jerry DeWitt uh mm-hmm. and like uh, Rich Lyons. And let me tell you, a deconverted fundamentalist gets pretty hardcore about atheism. They <laughs> they swing that enthusiasm all the way over in the other direction. But the yeah, ones I've met ha- have. Yeah. Okay. And then I have one more question for you guys. And uh, maybe I just don't understand this enough or my question is a little nonsensical. But <clears throat> is there a different level of certainty when talking about proving something scientifically versus proving something logically? Or does that question not make any sense? Uh, It makes sense because, I mean, often when you're proving something logically, you're dealing with pure math. Uh, but, But the problem with that, and, I mean, things that you conclude logically are more sound conclusions as long as you're starting with the right assumptions. But the problem with yeah. not thinking about things scientifically is that you can construct this elaborate model in your head, which is consistent, but it's got no relationship to anything you've observed. And okay. I think a lot of theist uh, apologetic arguments go that way and just construct this very self-contained logical argument, but they're starting from bad assumptions, and so none of it makes sense. All right, and my question was more in regard to people who are trying to either disprove God, if they if there's some different level of certainty in your guys' opinion between saying, oh, I'm going to disprove God uh, scientifically, which I don't think is possible, versus saying, I'm going to try and disprove God logically. And that may also not be possible, but I mean, I, just... Yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're, basically all, all I have, we're almost but, um, out of time. Yeah, sure. That story about that girl at that school—that's terrible, and that never should have happened. So, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry about that girl, but yeah, thanks. I mean, that's all I got. I just wanted to hear your guys' opinion on a few things. Okay, thanks Great. for calling. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. All right, so uh, we would be a little bit over time right now, uh, but we also had all that technical difficulty right in the middle of the show. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take one more call, but I'm going to—it's going to come with a content notice. <laughs> <laughs> You know, one of those uh, uh, safe space, whatever. <laughs> uh, I And I want to preface this by saying I did ask the call screeners already today to hang up on one other person who's an annoying repeat caller that, uh, that the audience doesn't like to hear from. Uh, but if you 
don't like hearing people of of dubious sincerity calling over and over again. The show's over. Great show. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> uh, if you do, I am time boxing this to five minutes. Hello, Hamish from Scotland. We meet again, Russell. How are you doing? You got five minutes, and I'm not kidding about that. <laughs> well, I'm deeply offended by the way you introduced me. Of course you are. <laughs> You're deeply offended every time I talk to you. <laughs> Allow me to proceed. I have a challenge for the atheists. Okay. that they are absolutely immoral okay. and hypocritical, uh-huh. or that they are secretly believers. Okay. Let us have it. Or is that it? Christians are able to justify animal agriculture. Atheists are not. What? There is no no trait present in an animal which, if present in a human, would permit them to... Basically what I'm saying is, why is it okay to eat animals but not humans? Why wouldn't it be? Because they are sentient creatures who suffer. Um, shrimp? Uh, by the way, you're opening up a huge can of worms because we have a lot of vegetarian and vegan viewers who are totally on board with you. And they will email us to tell us that we're immoral jerks and we should have listened to you. But, and, and we've um, heard and we've heard that exact argument yep. in the same words from vegans <laughs> about the traits. True. Answer this: Why uh-huh. is it okay to farm a cow but not a human? Um, because cows have not been able to express that they don't want to be eaten, and well, I can already yes, feel can. the emails coming in. For <laughs> goodness' sake! How uh, do you think? We, we as a society, have come to an agreement that uh, everybody who has a say in the matter is worse off uh, if we just allow killing and stealing, which is why pre-Judeo-Christian societies like, uh, like the one under the Code of Hammurabi, for instance, already had rules about no killing and no stealing, and and like ancient Chinese cultures that way predated the Old Testament also had those kind of rules uh, because we've recognized that this is just a more comfortable way for us to live. So you said that cows cannot express that they do not wish to be consumed and farmed in factory farms, correct? Um, I said something like that. I'm uh, I'm stepping back and and thinking very carefully about how much to agree with this thing I just said. Well, Hamish, Hamish, right. Hamish I'm really curious because the, the the angle that you bring to this mm-hmm. that isn't just like all the other times we've argued this is that you say Christians can justify uh, yes. eating animals. So I'm, I'm, us. Yes. I'm curious what we the. Have souls. Well, we have Christian morality is always God says so. Yes, but the atheists cannot justify consuming and farming animals. You said... Wait a minute, wait, they, wait a minute. If anything, I would think your argument is that atheists have no reason not to eat animals. And they have no reason not to eat other people. So it feels like what you should be arguing is why we don't eat people. Because... It, 
if, as you say, we have no morals, then my, then my what reason would we have not to eat animals? We do not eat people because we have souls. Well, no, you but you, from the atheist point of view, I don't. Yes, from the atheist point of view, there is no good reason to farm animals, but not humans. Yeah, there is. I mean, it is well, a very efficient way to stay alive. I don't want. From I, our point of view, I don't want to be farmed. It is not. It is not. Meat is carcinogenic, and. <laughs> It takes okay. up a lot of it. It's not good for the environment. Okay. But at but this slavery point... Was good. Slavery <laughs> was good for those reasons right. that you brought up. It was efficient for some things. So can you agree that there, that from an atheist point of view, and barring all the vegan arguments, uh, there was no reason for an early hunter-gatherer society not to just kill this convenient source of protein and eat it because it's way easier than collecting a bunch of berries? Perhaps it was okay for them, but we okay. live in a first world country and it's a very different yeah. context. Well, we're creatures of habit. Are you a vegan? Slavery was a habit. True. Are you a vegan? I'm a Christian, so no, but I have a justification. <laughs> I know Christian vegans. What are you talking about? So, so God, it's not, so God it's not carcinogenic if you're a Christian? <laughs> God provides a way. Okay. And that's your five minutes. Thanks for calling. <laughs> anyway, so that's really our show. Okay. And uh, thanks for joining me, John. <laughs> Thank you. That was fun. Yep. Uh, that's the Atheist Experience. See you next week. Join us for dinner. See you. India, where we'll where you can be a vegan if you want to. Yep. You can eat meat or not eat meat. Ugh. And I forgot you are vegetarian. No, I, I'm not anymore. I was a oh. vegan for nine years, but I'm not... I fell, huh. I fell off that wagon. Okay. <laughs> uh, that e- so if you uh, want to write to us, that email is kenham at answersdegenerates.genesis.org. <laughs> <laughs>